Hello, this is Daniel Leon with Wrestling Ratings Podcast. I'm going to continue talking about um, TLC Tables, Action, Chairs, Pay Per View from 2009. The, uh, the second. Um, I'm trying to think of how you say this. Oh, yeah. Not the second. I spoke about the ladder match for the ECW title. I spoke about the Intercontinental title match, women's title match. I even spoke about the WWE uh, tables match for the title. Or WWE title ladder match. Um, by the way, started talking about promos, promo, uh, yeah, that's what it was, people's promos, um, really be honest, really, I can't really think of a lot of promos, but when I do think of promos, I'll be talking about it on, uh, Behind the Story. I'm able to add different videos together in one in one episode. Um, yeah, I'm back at this. I even last time I did this episode, I even spoke about the interview slash promo that Drew McIntyre spoke uh, spoke about. I can't believe it. This is continuing from from uh, the women's title match when I when I finished watching and talking about the championship for the uh, the women's the ladder the tables match for the Raw heavyweight title known as the WWE title. Last time I did an ep- did this episode, I did something I shouldn't have done, and I mentioned how they said show tolerance and respect. And the reason I shouldn't have done that was because I let my frustration take over, and instead of focusing about how they um, instead of focusing about how they what they did on screen, I focused on on what they used, things like bullying, how they used that in their storyline to to start a new trend 
not trend, but a new uh, initiative called Show Tolerance and Respect. When they were doing that, their competitor, Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, um, this is at the time when Ric Flair joined them along with Hogan and Bischoff. And they started their own initiative called Eliminate the Hate. And uh, I know I sounded either like hate or, or uh, so narrow minded that there was some being unrealistic. The truth is, is that I just felt like it was unfair. Um, so, in all fairness to everybody, I think that what Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, how they handled it was different, because it wasn't just about homosexuality, it was about what you believe and everything. So in other words, it wasn't one-sided because a lot of people are so used to hearing homosexuals and transgenders, transgendered people um, getting ridiculed and bullied and made fun of that they forget that it's not just bully, that it's not just the LGBTQ community that gets bullied, it's also people that belong to a religion or some kind. Some people get bullied just for what they believe, so that's why I thought that Lemonade the Hate was pretty good, because it wasn't just, because it wasn't just bullying, and it wasn't just against homosexuals, it was everybody. Like, if they picked on you for being having autism they, were, they said don't do that or if you got bullied for believing in God they said don't do that or whatever it may be so that's what I thought was more fair about it so I'm not going to mention this anymore I'm just going to say that I shouldn't have said I shouldn't have spoken about that because in my frame of mind I was in, I shouldn't even mention it. Because I wasn't saying it the right way. So, whereas I did think it was unfair, I could understand them wanting, wanting um, kids or teenagers to, to understand that it's not right to bully. To bully people. I just... I just think it would have been more, uh, more fair or more, um, more fair, more fair or more even if you, if you did it, um, if you made it more, you included everybody, not just one classification, but every classification of people. So that's what I liked about Eliminate the Hate. Because when we say eliminate the hate, it's, it's flat out just, you know, bullying and I'm talking about really bullying and, 
know, for somebody like J Cowboy James Storm, or, you know, even though Ric Flair was not uh, um, really known for being aggressive, he, when he would get mad, he would, he would act like what I would call an old school, um, an old school form of how men used to be. So, that's how you know it was more fair because you have those two men right there, perfect example of how it's not about just homosexuality, it's about every form, it's about every thing, whether it's homosexuality or whether it is just being different than somebody. They say don't bully, regardless of what it's about, don't do it. And that is more, that is more fair, and I would prefer that on a personal level. And I had wondered, at the, when I saw the beginning of Raw, the night after this, I remember wondering why they were giving John Cena a rematch right away when he lost the title, and they showed him falling off top rope, then I understood, oh, well, the technicality is, is that, technicality is, is that he was, he went through the rope, but he wasn't slammed through it, so, even though that's the rules, the technicality is, that usually you have to pick, you have to be slammed through instead of pushed through. So that's why I understood him getting um, his rematch at the time. always do this, but what I'm thinking of right now is how I was focusing on, um, on just the tables, adders, and chairs pay-per-view, but I realized how this was right before the Nexus, and I know that, um, might have been about, um, no, I'm sorry, I think Nexus had just started, so, it'll be interesting to, I'm just, bring me to my point, I'm gonna continue talking about this, this year, or should I say, I'm gonna continue talking about this time in the WWE going forward.
good. This next match is for the heavyweight title. The gold heavyweight title needs to be used in WCW. By the way, this is always my favorite title, heavyweight title to look at. To the point that when I thought of doing this for a living until I found out couldn't even, um, um, how do you say that? And I realized I could not even try to, to train for it because it could kill me, literally. I mean, I was literally scared of that happening, so I didn't even think of training for this after that, but when, excuse me, I was so scared that it could kill me just to even take a bump that I didn't even try to train for it after found out that I'm, by the way, missing a second kidney, so that's why I never train to do this, but when I thought of doing it, when I saw them use bring, I saw them bring back the gold title back in 2002, which is what I want to lead into on, uh, on my, um, Periscope show. When I, when I saw them bring that back, um, and use it on Raw, I thought, and they used it for so many years, I thought, if I could make it to the, when I thought I could do this, I thought, I sure hope to make it there so I could win this belt. And fortunately for me as a fan, they still have it, um, they still have it listed as a, uh, as a replica title belt, so maybe someday I can get it as a fan and wear it just as a fan because it's always been one of my favorite title belts to, uh, to look at. So, they do the build up for this uh, match, showed how Batista turned on Rey Mysterio, they showed how middle of a match with Chris Jericho that Undertaker had with Jericho, excuse me, Batista interfered with a, interrupted it with a chop back, chop block to the back of Undertaker's knee. Then he got chair and he started stomping him with it, hitting him in the back over and over again. Over the forehead and even said how everything about him screams champion, heavyweight champion. He even spoke about how he's not as, he's not as dominant as people want to make him out to be. The truth is, 
Undertaker, for most of his career, so unstoppable that if you saw anybody do what Batista was doing, it was unheard of. By this time, he'd gotten so beaten up that that um, that's why Batista was able to do this. See, his body was already beaten up. This could have been Undertaker's second or third title reign with the gold title. And, um, I personally hope that this is, um, how do you say that? I hope that this is, um, Undertaker's retirement. It's not just hope that it is his final time being shown because I really think he um, think he's earned it and really if he does it anymore he'll not be able to retire the right way. But I'm glad that if this is the last time my last memory of him being, being in the ring was a good one. By that I mean he didn't look too bad and it was a good match. I know that, you know, you, well, we know it's entertainment, but there's uh, an athleticism to it. There's more like atmosphere to it as long as storytelling. So, just like a professional athlete does not want his last game or fight to be bad that it makes people um, not want to remember it so when they start doing bad they just start to ignore everything so that they won't remember how bad it was in their mind well that's, that's why I think that this is his last um is his final time being shown on TV on pay-per-view. I think that it is um, perfect. Um, I think it's perfect, a perfect time to do it, and um, it's good that his last memory, not his last memory, but his last moment was a tag team match against um, Shane McMahon's men with uh, Roman Reigns is his tag team partner. So, what else can I say? That would be better than uh, than not giving any offense like when he went against Roman Reigns. And even though he thought that was his last match, better that he wasn't because it gave him more of a chance to um, have... How do you say that? Gave him more of a chance to tell a better story in his other two matches. Now, if I was to do promos for this, talk about promos for this um, podcast in the future, I'd have to put a list of all the best. Uh, promos 
website. Um, I could think. I could think. Beignets are great for introducing a character, but promos is really where the money is because you get to you get to um, add on to not only your character but promos are before a match usually so it makes it you get to add to the match and if you just do it well enough it makes your character the most so that's what what I like the most about promos is that it not only can it tell a story before you even have a match, it can actually determine your entire character. And if I could use somebody, if I could use the, um, days, the kayfabe days, where everybody believed it was real, so you acted as if it was real. Um, would be Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen. Now, whereas it was wrong for him to live out his, um, it was wrong for him to live out his character like same token though what was good as far as promo work goes was how Arn Anderson even though he was with Ric Flair he did not live out a character he just happened to be with Ric Flair and that was his friend in real life and the character perfect was how Arn Anderson his entire gimmick was just himself <clears throat> he was one of the he was one of the First people that I know of whose entire gimmick was based about twenty was based about twenty percent um, reality and eighty percent fiction. Whereas most people, it's about eighty percent um, reality, twenty percent fiction. Um, and I think that. Scratch that part of it. Let me restate that. <clears throat> what made Orrin Anderson different was that, okay, Ric Flair, and even though he wasn't exactly how he acted, like, if he, was, if he goes to a woman, he's not going to, um, and this is something that I think most people, most women say this about Ric Flair when they, talk about most of the time <clears throat> when he meets a female you know before he met his current uh, wife they are he would think that he would um, think that he would talk rude and just expect women to just take it because of yeah Everybody that I've spoken about him said that he's very respectful to 
emotional was how he acted about women, but what he wanted to, what he spoke about was true to life. <clears throat> so when talking about uh, Barn Anderson, he never spoke about um, partying because he he didn't need a lifestyle. He just would talk about <clears throat> how do you say that? He would talk about the match most of the time. And he would... A lot of times he would take what their dinner clothes and he would just add a lot of philosophical um, comments to it. But calling, to, calling him the enforcer was perfect because it kind of carried not just himself, but the way he spoke about the, uh, the map, but the way he was just talking about himself and the group and everything was perfect for him. Being the horseman made his career, but fortunately for himself, it was more than just Horseman, just the overall presentation of Warren Anderson was just him being, just being the, um, the enforcer. But it was more about the group, and it was more about, um, more about what he could do and what they could do as a group. So that's why groups are very important, and that's why having the freedom to cut your promo or even today if you if you at least have input of um of what you're gonna say or if you have bullet points and you have input on what's being being uh what the idea of the promo is that's always gonna help you a lot of people still are fussing about Reigns, but <clears throat> his promos have been the best they've ever been. And they've been smooth, and so a lot of people don't want to accept him as, they just don't want him to be the main, in the main event, but when you take a look at the way he draws people, people say he doesn't have any charisma, but it's like saying, that Arn Anderson can't talk. And we all know that all he had to do was hand him a microphone and all he has to do is open his mouth and he's gonna talk you into the into the building. But whereas he he's not a master of the microphone yet the way that um a lot of different greats are, he's still he still made him makes it interesting enough to where you watch it, and you can't say a person doesn't have charisma if he can't get you to watch them talk, because if he doesn't have charisma, you won't sit through predictable matches just to see what he's going to do.
chair gets stopped, a figure goes outside the ring, stops him getting the chair, he goes for the chair first, but he gets kicked, drops the chair, he gets thrown in the ring, clotheslines Batista. Just like a tables match and a ladder match, a chairs match, which I have to be honest, because a chair, um, it can't, a chair is different than a ladder at, and a table in the sense that it's not so easy break a chair, like, I saw this in the Table Matters and Chairs main event last Sunday, where they added The Miz to, uh, the title match, so he could cash in his briefcase, Money in Bank briefcase, finally, somebody tries to get physical with AJ Styles' bodyguard, and with Morrison hitting the bodyguard with the chair, and somehow they pre they rigged the chair to where the, to where the seat fell off, and I'd never seen that before. So the that's so what I would think of doing if I was if I had a If I had some type of a line of communication with the WWE like I have with MLW, and they would accept suggestions, what I would suggest when they have a pay-per-view like this, and they use a chairs match, which I'm surprised they didn't use a chairs match this year, but if I was to... If I was to have an upper line of communication with them and suggest what I, what I think should be done, but not only suggest bringing back the chairs match but it for the next December pay-per-view, even though it's a year away, um, if when we get to next December, I would suggest bringing back the chairs match and finding some way of I don't know if, uh, if there was, I don't know if they ever made it clear what, um, 
<clears throat> the rules of the chairs match were. All I know is there were a couple of times, I think, when they put the chair, they put somebody underneath something, and they unleashed all those hanging chairs in the entrance ramp, by the entrance ramp, and that's how the match ended, I believe, but I don't know if that's actually how you're supposed to win a chairs match. So this this match is interesting because not knowing how a match is supposed to end. Ladder match, tables match, or it's simpler because you know in order to win a ladder match you have to retrieve something. Tables match is easy because you know somebody has to go straight through. But a chairs match, I've never known the object of that match. All I know is that it's... Is that just like the uh, tables match, storytelling was any means necessary to try to win the match. Same thing with this match. Okay. Okay. I'll uh, continue this later on. Thank you. Goodbye.